This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. And for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. Wonderful day over here at Investor Mindset HQ. I am humbled by the number of downloads that we're getting. It's incredible and the amount of support and messages. So keep it coming. Shoot me a message on Instagram. Shoot me a message on Facebook at Investor Mindset on Instagram. Find me on Facebook and drop me a direct message. Wanted to thank everyone who's been hitting subscribe and who's left a review. Wanted to shout out Nicole, who left this amazing review. High quality interviews. The Investor Mindset Podcast is great. The amount of knowledge and detail in the interviews provided are extremely insightful, as well as delight to listen to. Definitely look forward to future episodes. Well, we look forward to you listening, Nicole. And we look forward to you sharing with your friends and dropping us a review on iTunes and hitting that subscribe button so that we can keep moving up a new and noteworthy and keep reaching more people with the investor mindset. So let's jump into another episode. All right. Welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I am really excited here. I have Cody Hoffine in the studio. How are you doing, Cody? I'm doing great. How about yourself, my friend? I am doing amazing. I'm feeling really good today. So Cody is a... Cody is an Inc. 5000 co-founder, CEO of Wholesaling Inc. and founder of Utah Sales Now. He's also a successful real estate investor, coach, and sought-after speaker. Uh, he's used his background in sales and passion for real estate to quickly build up a seven-figure real estate business and is on a mission to help inspire others and become successful at real estate. I feel like we're kindred spirits here on this mindset path. Really excited That's to get That's how this, we do buddy. it. Like-minded hang out, my friend. Let's do it. That's what I love. That's what I love. So you've obviously hit a lot of success. You've got a wholesaling business where it's operating on its own. You're running one of the top wholesaling and real estate uh, coaching companies out there. But let's take a look back. Let's take a look back at your childhood and what events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today. Oh, so good. I love these questions. I, I, I look at what is it like individuals like you? What is it individuals like me? Why is it that we had this hunger? Why did we have this hunger to, to develop and grow into something more than what we were as a young kid, right? Like what was it that fed us into this? I don't know. Jim Rohn calls it the mysteries of the mind. He's like, why is it that this guy is going to go to the next level and this guy is going to sit there and not do anything? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> but I'll tell you, it's always been going back to maybe Jim Rohn. It's surround myself. I was lucky at a young age to surround myself with incredible individuals. Even some of the youth I hung out with, it was as a, as a high schooler, yes, I've hung out with the wrong crowd, but then I've hung out with the incredible crowd. And that was like the, these beginning. Now I look hindsight, but the things that have always pushed me, I say, is surround myself with better individuals than myself that I want to be in that destination. I can appreciate that. And from a childhood perspective, where do you think you picked up on that? Because Usually it's just, you know, by sheer luck. But, sheer you know, luck. Well, That's exactly what this is. It really is. It's one of those things that I look back and I'm like, whatever God had in store for me, like he started prepping me at that age and I had nothing to do with it other than I lucked into it. So one thing is, yes, we can surround ourselves with incredible individuals. But the next thing is you have to want to become those individuals. And I had a, a, an actual hunger, a desire when I saw these people and I saw who they were and that they were better than me and they did make better decisions than me. As a young kid, I was like, man, I want to be that person. I mean, this kid's the cool kid in high school. I want to be a cool kid in high school. And 
that's how it's been my whole life though. Now it's going into just uh, entrepreneurship in general. It was the same way. It's like, who do I surround myself with? Who would I want to trade places with? I want to surround myself with that individual. And then I just had hunger to just absorb everything and then do it. So you've been doing this for a really, really long time. If somebody is just kind of coming to this realization that, hey, I'm probably hanging out with people who don't have the mindset that I want, probably holding me back and there's nothing wrong with them. They're just not where I want to be. How do you think somebody goes about applying that principle to their life today? It's hard, right? You got uh, Jim Rohn telling you the average of the five closest individuals you spend the most time with. What does this mean? It means whatever you want to be great at, you just simply need to find the people that are in that destination. You're going to see that they live principles and they have capabilities that you may not be living or you may not have. But as you gain those capabilities, as you start to think the way they think and live those principles, the likelihood of you becoming them becomes a reality. Now, does that mean everyone you're hanging out with just kill them off? Like, no, like I'm hanging out with no, no, you guys don't make my level anymore. No. Cause maybe that, maybe one of your dreams is, Hey, I want to be a millionaire, but maybe the five people you hang out with only make 70 grand. So it's not to say that they're bad people. It's if I want to seek advice, how to make a million, I'm just not going to seek their advice because they don't know it, but they might be incredible at being a good father. They might be incredible at being spiritual or being connected with God. And it's like, okay, when it comes to connect with God, like I'm going to surround myself with that individual. But when it comes to making a million dollars, they haven't made a million. So I got to go find my, my, my people for the million. And so it's not saying get rid of them, but it is saying whatever knowledge you're trying to obtain from them, make sure they are in the destination that you actually want to be at. Because if not, I don't know if I'd take the knowledge. Yeah, that's really good. So it's really, if you summarize that, it's don't take advice from people who aren't where you want to be in that area of their life. That doesn't mean you have to send them out the door. Somebody might be a great family man, might be a great husband, but they're really not focused on the finances. And so you want to follow somebody else for that kind of advice. So, so true. That's, that's it. That's perfect. That's awesome. So on the, on the investing side, on the business side, tell us a little bit more about what you do and, and what your business is all about. So on the investment side, I'm sure by this point, a lot of people have heard of wholesaling. They're like, wholesaling, I hear it all the time. I see it on Facebook. Gosh dang you wholesalers. Like, yes, that's what I do. I wholesale. And so we're, we're really good at it here in the state of Utah. We, we find multiple deals a month. We'll do it even for on average about 10 deals that we're just finding deeply discounted properties here in our own market, here in Utah. And what we do is on some of them, yes, we may fix and flip, but not many. I kind of call that adult daycare that I don't want to get into that business. But a lot of time I just simply assign the contract and just charge a fee, right? So um, in some states, you can simply just assign it. Other states, you have to close on the property first and then just sell it to the investor. No matter how you do it, what's nice is you can become a millionaire. You can make a ton of money if you know how to find those deals. And that's, that's what I do here in Utah is I locate the deals and people pay me good money to bring those deals to them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and frankly, it's a, it, I run a very similar business where kindred spirits on the business front and apparently on the mindset front as well. <laughs> um, it's a very good business because some people are just not as good at going out and finding opportunities and other people are better at taking those opportunities and you know, renovating them and fixing them up for new, new families. But you mentioned something there. You said you can be a millionaire. I feel like a lot of people have a limiting belief on that. Have you always believed that you were going to be a millionaire? Do you know what? This goes back to now you want to go childhood, childhood. As a young kid, I used to watch who wants to be a millionaire. 
And Regis Philbin, right? He would always say, who wants to be a millionaire? And he'd say this like 20 times during the episode. <laughs> and I remember thinking, yes, like I do, like I want to. And I don't know why at that age, but at that age, it wasn't so I could drive a fancy car or live in a big mansion. It's because of all the good I'd be able to do with that money if I was a millionaire. I'd, I'd be able to help more people if I was to become a millionaire. And so because my drive and my, my intent and my purpose is not based on, hey, so I can look incredible. I drive a truck. My wife drives a minivan, for heaven's sakes. At the end of the day, though, I do what I do so I can make an impact on more people's lives. I believe you're blessed with talent, mm. Stephen. I believe I'm blessed with talents that when we use it to benefit others' lives, man, it sky's the limit on how much money you can make. That's just the byproduct of just being willing to serve and give back. Couldn't say it better. Contribution is the key to happiness and it's definitely the key to prosperity uh, and making a lot of money. So you mentioned something and it's one of the most important things to me, but I want to hear how you would recommend going about it. How do you recommend people figure out what their why is and what their purpose is and why they're going to go and do this? Because I feel like a lot of people, when they're not quite there yet, it's really easy to say, you know, I'm not making any money. Sure, you're rich, you're doing it. You can say, go focus on helping all these other people, but I just need to get my own. How do people go about figuring out what their why is? That is tough. Mine is, looks at me every single day. I get to look at four beautiful children, a beautiful wife, and it drives me. And mine was out of desperation, believe it or not. So 2015, I was broke. I was absolutely broke. I was living paycheck to paycheck, like 68% of Americans. And I came home and I think I even shared this story in Denver. I came home to my wife crying, like her head was down in her hands. She was crying. I came home early from work. She didn't even know I was coming home. I go into the kitchen, I catch her crying. And it wasn't like a quiet little cry. It was a man, something's going on. So when I go over and talk to her and she's like, how are we going to pay our bills? Like, how are we going to do this? That's, that's that desperation mode. And I, I think of, there's two things that really drive us to change or to find that why. And it's mm-hmm. inspiration from good people that you surround yourself with or desperation because all the crap that is going on in your life. And you're like, I don't want to live this way anymore. Mine was desperation. And my why was what I learned from Tony Robin was it's not what I want. It's what I can't live without. And if I don't bring mm-hmm. money home, Like I'm going to lose a home. I'm going to lose a place that's safety, like uh, a protection for my kids over their heads and my wife's head. I'm going to lose a lot of stuff. And this is going to trickle down into worse things. Like I've got to take care of this. And so my why was not what I wanted, but what I couldn't live without. And I knew, gosh, I got to step it up. I got to step it up. And and if you want life to change, it's you that has to change. The job's not going to get any better. If you're working for corporate America and you're making 70 grand, chances are five years from now, you're still making 70 grand, but inflation and everything else still went up. You've got to change because life's not going to change. If you want to get better, you have to get better. And so whenever I've worked on myself, that's how I've got to the next level in every category of my life. It's never been what can someone do for me as much as I have to be willing to do it for myself. If I don't work on me, very rarely does income exceed personal development. And that's the That's the truth. Isn't that so inspiring though, to think that literally as soon as you decide and you're committed and you make something a must that you decide that you have to go and make something happen. You have to make a change in your life that you can. Like, I I don't know. I just want to take a moment and just soak that in because it's so exciting. It means that literally if you, if you dream about something and you're willing to put it all in towards that thing, it can happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was broke. 
Stephen, I was flat out broke. I couldn't make next month's mortgage, but it was an instant change. It's not this whole step-by-step process. It was this instant change and it was uncomfortable. It was so uncomfortable. It was not easy to, to make that change. It was giving up things. It was selling things to have money to do smart little, little investments into direct mail and things like that. Like it, it wasn't easy. It was, it was gutsy. It was what people would call risky. But I knew that five years from now, I'd still be in the same boat if I didn't make a change. In fact, I'd be worse off because I'd now be five years older and still wondering like, oh man, I'm still not any closer to retirement or I'm still not closer to this or I'm still not closer to this. So the longer you wait, actually the worse it gets. That's why you must do it right now. Yeah, well, if the longer you wait, the more that you've built up all of that on top of a, a poor foundation where it's even harder to make that change and you need to just break out and go and do it. 100% agree. So you mentioned something and I'm really curious. I'm a big believer that family is one of the great drivers of great businessmen. It sounds like you have an amazing family. That's part of your why. I know that from what I remember from our conversation, that that's one of the things that drives you every day. If you were to look back five, 10 years, you know, an earlier version of yourself, what have you learned about your marriage? What have you learned about relationships that you'd want to pass along to a younger version of yourself that would probably help skip some of the steps you had to learn along the way? which ends up leading to a stronger business. Yeah, yeah. So I think so many times we think we, 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 got, the, we got this under control. I'm the provider. I'm just going to outwork everyone, outsmart everyone. I'm going to work harder and I'm going to make more money because I can outwork. I've got more hustle, more drive than anyone. And I didn't have clear expectations of what that looked like. I did outwork people. I did out hustle. I did out drive people. The issue was I wasn't perfectly open with my wife on what that looked like to try and make money. Mm -hmm. And so I'd be gone nonstop. I would be gone from seven in the morning till eight at night selling vinyl fencing of all things. And it's like, oh, it's because I got this paycheck. And if I do this and if I just knock one more door, it could lead to this. And if I just do this, it could lead to this. But I didn't share those things with her. I just said, hey, I'm out there making a living. The one thing that has helped now is we're very open in our communication. Hey, when I got into wholesaling, I was in insurance for heaven's sakes. I was working a nine to five insurance and it was just dreadful. It was awful. I couldn't get passionate about selling something that was so intangible. And it was just, it was awful. But getting into wholesaling, I set the expectation. I said, sweetheart, this is going to take a lot of time. This is going to be something that up front, there's going to be a lot of sacrifice. I might miss times where I have to tuck the kids in bed. I might miss times where I'm helping you bathe the kids or get them ready for school in the morning because a, a hot appointment might come up where I have to get out there right now. Or it could be that the people aren't going to be home until eight at night. And that's when I have to go when they're home. And so I'm going to miss soccer games or baseball games. But we had this open communication. We said, but it's going to lead to where I want to go. It's going to lead where I can provide the family. It's going to lead to this point where we want to be together. And because we had that open conversation, I didn't get the nagging when it happened. When I would be on a late appointment at eight at night or till 10 PM for some of them, I would come home and I'd come to a, how was your day? Not, oh, another night that you weren't at dinner. And that's another night you weren't at soccer. That's another night you weren't here. That's another night that the kids just went to bed crying because they didn't see their dad. No. When my kid said, hey, where's dad? Oh, your dad right now, he's working so hard so we can get to the point where we can go on vacations and actually spend more time together. And so even though he's not here right now, he wishes so bad he could be right here. And that open communication set the grounds for a very supportive, all on the same page family Mm -hmm. so that that sacrifice was 
was accepted by all of us for the better good. Yeah, that's really strong. I mean, it's you had this great vision, like so many entrepreneurs do, like so many dreamers do, and you were out there trying to hammer away at it, but you hadn't got the buy-in from your most important team member in your life, right? From from your wife. And right. and 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 I think that's so strong because at the end of the day, regardless if you're talking about a wife, a business partner, an employee, or or anybody else along the way, if you have this vision, you have to communicate it and you have to get them to buy into it so they can be along for the ride instead of you just out there pulling the sleigh. They can be really clear on exactly where you're going and why you're going there. Well, Stephen, it's hard. You know as well as I do. Entrepreneurship is, I will never sell a get rich quick. It doesn't happen. It is hard. It is very hard, but it's been worth it. But the reason I say it's hard is it's already hard enough it is to succeed at entrepreneurship that if you have to come home to now a disgruntled member in the family, whether it's a spouse or whether it's a girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is, on top of already some difficult, challenging things that are going to try you in every single way, it's almost setting you up for yourself for failure. So have that open communication so that you can succeed because being an entrepreneur is already going to kick you in the face quite a few times. You don't need to come home and get punched as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're going to have a much stronger business when both your mind and your home life is right because then you have a support system where you can go out and take these big swings. And sometimes you're going to strike out and it's going to hurt. But if you have somebody back home, if you have that support system to go back to, you know, they can pick you back up and you guys can work together to go out there and do it again. That's right. I love Agreed, that. my friend. I love that. Thanks for being open with us because you know sometimes people are hesitant. But I think that's some of the most <laughs> powerful uh, things that you can share are the things that you maybe don't hear about every day. You're obviously very successful. You've been blowing it up with Wholesaling Inc. You've been coaching and teaching and building this amazing, incredible community. Um, I feel like when people are hitting that kind of success, everybody thinks they've never had a tough time, right? Maybe they got that story from when they first started, but. Tell me about what it was like when you ended up moving into Indiana. Whew. So here's, here's something crazy. We had things going. I mean, we had things rolling in Utah. Without fail, we could do six figures and pump it out every month. We had a system in place. We had some processes, so we thought, in place. Yeah. And uh, then we're like, well, why not do this in multiple states? Let's do this. Like, let's, let's just double our business. And so we went into Indiana thinking this is going to be a great market. There's a ton of depressed homes. Like, let's, let's just blow this thing up. Let's go for it. So we, we get someone to start doing it virtually from Utah for us, start making the phone calls, and we start doing some deals. Now, here's the crazy thing is I'm looking at this. Like an average deal in Utah was like $20,000. We find two homes, two homes in Indiana. The guy's like, I'm willing to sell both of them. We're like, perfect. What do you want to sell them for? And he's like, like five grand. I'm like, each? And he's like, no, for both of them. And I'm like, oh, well, we were thinking like 2,000. He's like, well, let's do 2,700. I'm like, okay, let's do 2,700. So we pick up two homes, not trailers, homes in Indiana. I'm thinking home run. Like we just picked up the big fish and it's already on the line and sinker. Like we're, we're good to go. We couldn't move that thing for more than $3,700 total. We made wow. $1,000 on that one deal. And we were doing some deals, but they're all small. They're like $3,000 deals, $2,000 deals. One of them was a $500 deal. So we're doing deals. We're thinking, oh, this is amazing. Fast forward 90 days, we start seeing this decrease in Utah mm-hmm. in our production and our deal flow. Mm-hmm. And naturally, as entrepreneurs, you think, oh, what's going on right now? Are we not getting enough leads? Our acquisition managers not doing what they're supposed to be doing and not yeah. closing enough contracts? And so you start thinking in the moment. 
But what entrepreneurship teaches you and what all the successful individuals teach you is it's not what you're feeling right now is not from the action you're taking right now. It's usually from 90 days to 120 days back. Well, coincidentally, that was when we moved into Indiana to open up this market. And we were going below 100,000 now. We were like doing 40 grand a month. And that's like barely keeping marketing and doors open. Yeah, I know exactly. And so this was I know exactly what that's This like. is awful. Yeah. This was awful. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So what do you do? You can learn from it or you can have this pride say, no, we'll figure it out. We'll mm-hmm. figure it out how to make both of them work. Mm-hmm. Or you can get humble and say, you know what? I, I overstepped myself on this one. And what do you do when your body has cancer in it? You cut it out. And that's exactly what we did with Indiana. We cut it out. Now, the difference is also the success we see in the future is not the action that we are doing that same day. Mm-hmm. You won't feel the action like, oh, we just busted our butts this week. We should see some contracts. No, usually fast forward at 90 days to 120 days. What you're doing today consistently, you'll start to see bring to pass those huge results 90 to 120 days from now. But again, I had to humble myself and say I was wrong for getting into that market. And I could have let it be my ego and say, no, I'll figure this out. Or I could have done the right thing, which I did. And that was cut it out like cancer. I feel like it's pretty hard to, to be able to swallow your pride like that and be able to say like, hey, we didn't, we didn't do so well. We didn't do so hot, especially when you're kind of a leader in your community and people are looking up to you and they're looking at you for advice and be able to come out and say, I failed. I actually think that's probably one of the strongest things from a, from a trust standpoint. But what did you take away from that? Why do you think that you did not succeed moving into that new market? Um, if you were going to go do it again, what would you do differently? You know, it was very humbling because what I thought was like just on autopilot and was on processes and systems, we realized quickly, man, we've got some kinks over here in Utah that we got to pan out. So I'm grateful for this. Life doesn't happen to us. Life happens for us, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for this moment because it was meant for me. I could have, it, it literally killed that ego and that pride in me and said, okay, we really got to look at this and what are we going to do to succeed? So my biggest learning was that it still was meant to happen. Like we can go through life and realize, oh man, everything's supposed to be unicorns and rainbows. That's not the case. In fact, I look forward to failure. Every single day I look for a moment on something and and it's not just business related. I'm talking about spiritually with relationships with my wife, with anything in life. I always look for moments of failure because my failure is actually what teaches me my greatest lessons. And so every time I fail, I can let it be what most people do and say, oh, I'm not meant to do this. I got to stay comfortable and just go back to my nine to five and get the free insurance and the golden handcuffs is what I call it. But it's not. It's, it's, I look forward to failure. I look forward to it because I will not become anyone better and I'll plateau. My, my best and your best, Stephen, our best thinking and capabilities has gotten us to where we're at. And unless we're willing to continue to get new thinking and new capabilities, we will inevitably plateau. And that's just not my goal. My goal is to keep growing. And, and that's when you don't feel good. That's when you don't feel like if you're not moving forward, if there's not progress in your life, you don't really feel that energy inside that, that keeps you getting up every day early and excited about what you're doing. It's really easy to kind of go into that certainty mode, that safety mode, and just kind of like revert back. But that's when you kind of start yeah. dying inside. And I, I don't think anybody wants to be doing that. But we all fall into no. it from time to time, you know? <laughs> Even, even us, even, even people like myself and like you who are constantly working on mindset, who are putting in time every single day to think about this stuff, I still have to pull myself back and say, hey, right now, you're playing it safe. You're playing it safe, but why? What are you afraid of? Are you afraid of losing what you've just built? Are you afraid of uh, 
not being able to get the thing that you actually want. And so you're just not going to take that swing. Um, so it's important to take those self audits and kind of understand, well, well, Hey, what's really going on here? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. This is, uh, it's absolutely necessary. I I'm so imperfect, by the way, this is like the, this is like the perfect conversation we're having. Cause there's so many times I still have to catch myself and say, no, if you're uncomfortable, you must like, you must move forward. If you're uncomfortable, if you're feeling it, that you're on the path, if you're comfortable, that should be the easiest sign that you are on the wrong path because nothing that is easy is worth it. This is it's just not, it's just not how the world works. This is such powerful advice, investor mindset community. You guys, if you're listening to this right now, you need to hit the subscribe button. You need to drop a review and you need to go follow Cody Hoffine because I am so impressed by everything that he's sharing right now. So thank you, Cody, for sharing this. I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm taking notes like crazy over here. (laughs) I'm honored to be on this. I have seen just your podcast succeed very quickly. It wasn't long ago. You didn't have a podcast. You open this baby up and people are like, hey, let's download this baby. Let's do it. Let's get it. Because it's value. The moment you stop giving value, the moment you'll start to see things just fall apart. But there's, there's a great following going on here because there's value. People are looking for value. So I thank you for, uh, for uh, putting me on this, but also being vulnerable enough to do this. Because doing a, po- a podcast, I do a podcast, it's not, it's not easy. In fact, if you don't have a passion and love for it, there's a, this isn't for money, I'll tell you that much. No. So unless you love it, <laughs> podcast is the waste of your time. <laughs> yeah, well, I do love it. And I love it because I get to have a chance to have a really authentic, open conversation with people that I, I really want to learn from myself. And I get to share that with so many other people and you get to get that fulfillment back because we can all go make a lot of money, but it sure feels good to help other people along the path and have that moment of saying, well, hey, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah, and the, here's the beautiful thing that you're already probably seeing in like your reviews is when you get someone that says, oh my gosh, this new way of thinking, or hey, I heard this, or you, hey, you said this, and it was game changing. And then you see one out and they did their first deal, or hey, I, I quit my job because I wanted to follow my dream of training horses. I'm making whatever that is, whatever your vehicle is. That's the best part about this podcast. It's not pushing, hey, there's only one way to make a million dollars. No, and it's not about just being a millionaire. It's mindset. And I'm telling you, you picked an amazing, amazing topic that is worthy of everyone listening to. Yeah, and, and I, I have to say, I, I really want to point out something for you. You're running an amazing organization, Wholesaling Inc. And I think sometimes people get the wrong idea when they hear about people coaching and speaking and working in an industry like real estate, where there's a lot of bad actors out there. But at the end of the day, coaches make a lot of money. So Cody, why do you end up doing what you do in the wholesaling uh, ink space? You're going to tear me up, Steven. I'm telling you, this is, uh, this is my passion. Um, 2015 was when I came home to my wife crying. It was May and I got into wholesaling. I knew, okay, if I want to get into wholesaling, like I keep telling myself I do, I better do it right because doing it on my own is not working. I saw what that did for me with insurance. And uh, I found a mentor. I got into it. It took me to my destination quicker. So I paid for his, his guidance or his instruction. And it took me to my first deal, 39 days later, $24,000. And I never looked back. I was in such a bad place though, Stephen, that I know there's more people that are Cody Hoffines out there that are thinking how, but just how, just please open the door. Like, please let me see a little bit of a glimpse. Like how, how do I do this? I don't do it for the money. The money is a byproduct of just putting your students first and loving them no different than a brother, 
a sister, a mother, a father. We have people from all ages come to us and it's because we're dang passionate about it. I love these individuals like they're my family and we treat them like family. And because we love them so much and care about them so much and we want them to succeed because we know what it's like to not succeed, the byproduct is, yeah, we do get paid, but I don't do it for the money. I truly, truly don't. And so many people think, oh, that's so, that's so cliche. That's so, that's so uh, lame. I'm telling you, it's not. It's, it's, if that was the case, I'd charge a lot more. It's, it's how do I just create a living impact? How do, I, how do I impact more lives? How do I bless more lives and let them know there is another way? You don't have to go to that crummy job that you wake up every day and say, oh, I hate this. Why do I go? It's a good question. Why do you go? There is another way. And so I hope my story connects with people to say, there is another way. And I'm not saying that's wholesaling. I'm not saying that's even real estate, but there is another way. And I want people to know that. Wow. That's, that's so powerful. I'm, I'm a big believer in that, Cody. And, and uh, you know, that, that touches me right here. So we're kind of, we're, we're at the point of the show called the growth rapid fire round where the questions are quick, but the answers don't need to be. So what's a book that's impacted your life or one that you're the most excited about right now, Cody? Whew. So many good books out there. Um, let me pull it up right now. I'm going to hold it up in front of the screen. So this one has been a gem and I've loved it. I hope that's not backwards, but it's yep. Living an Inspired Life by Jim Rohn. It's a big, thick one. The beautiful thing about, I love Jim Rohn. So if you haven't yeah. noticed, I've quoted this guy like five times so far. It's because he's everything. Like mm-hmm. he, he, has, he has so many gold nuggets. So this book, the reason why I love it is it's broken up in just like bits and pieces. Like each thing you're reading is only two pages long or three pages long and it's a thought versus 20 pages I have to read before the end of the chapter. Because if you're like me, mid-chapter, all of a sudden I'm like, crap, what did I read yesterday? This guy breaks it down into Cody Hoffine size, like two pages, and then you get there and you can just ponder on it and think about it and think, how can I apply this? So that is one of my favorite books. I buy 20 of these a year and I give them out to 20 people a year. That's amazing. So when we get done talking, Stephen, I actually want your address because I'm going to be sending you literally a copy of my favorite book. I'm excited. I love Jim Rohn. He's definitely one of my favorite teachers. And will you just say, what's the name of that book, Cody? Leading an Inspired Life. Yeah, that's powerful. Definitely excited to, to dig into that. So from an inspiration standpoint, who were some of your mentors and how do they influence your career? I'm going to start back when I was young. It was my grandpa. Uh, he was an individual as a gentleman's gentleman. He knew how to be the greatest person. He's the last to eat. You would never see him eat first or before any woman in, in, in the family parties. He was never let. He told me from a young age, no one, no woman ever touches a door handle on your car. And I'm like, what? He's like, you always open that door for them. They never touch it. Like a hand should never touch that doorknob. And so he taught me so many gentleman skills and how to genuinely treat a woman with the most respect and love. So that was my, one of my first experiences of like mentorship of a guy that, that led and guide me into incredible stuff. Um, going forward, there's so many great people out there that I'd have to give, but I will tell you, Jim Rohn is one of my, one of my favorites. That's why I love him so much. Tony Robbins mm-hmm. uh, is, is an amazing individual. I have business partners that inspire me. I have Mark Stubler. I have Tom Kroll, but we're always looking. I'm always looking for who's my person. And right now it's actually Randy Garn. If uh, you don't know him, he is an individual that everyone should know. But this guy has led me to amazing relationships, amazing connections, and 
just an incredible individual. That's great. That's great. You have a whole plethora of people who've inspired you. That's just a fraction. I feel bad that I didn't mention. I feel like I'm at the Oscars and this and this and this. (laughs) Yeah. There's so many people who can't be mentioned, but uh, just naming a couple of them hopefully can inspire other people to look around and realize that they've got mentors everywhere, everywhere they could find. Steven, the biggest thing is I still pay for mentors. I think when people think, oh, when you reach a point, you've got it all. You don't need to do anything anymore. Tony Robbins said when a guy came up to him and said, uh, when I, when I grow up, I want to be where you're at. And he's like, and when you get there, you'll be who I was. Yeah. It's because everyone is still learning. Even the greatest of greatest, Tony Robbins himself is still learning each and every day. And so that's why they always change and why I continue to even pay for mentors because I'm not done. I, I, I have plenty more to learn. I'm so imperfect. Yeah, me too. I spend more money on mentorship than I do most things, but I also grow the most out of those and they end up contributing directly to my bottom line and my happiness. So I'm all for it. So finally, what drives you to live your best life every day, Cody? Oh, I think being a dad and being a husband, I think those two callings in life require the best and they deserve the best. I have, I'd call it spirited children. People would say, oh, your kids are crazy. They're wild. I'm like, no, they just got a love for life. Like they just got a passion for life and they require my best though. They Mm -hmm. teach me to be on my best with kindness, with love, with patience. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to be learning how to be the most patient individual. I don't even know if it's possible unless you have kids. Like it is so, <laughs> it's so amazing. So when I say what drives me and what, what, why do I work hard to be my best self every day? It's because I have the incredible opportunity to be a husband and a father. And those two deserve my absolute best. That's amazing. Definitely an inspiration to me. Look forward to being able to have that same inspiration at some point when I get to that, that, that point <laughs> in my life. So uh, this was a patient until then you're just going to be yelling at people. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Hey, until then uh, I'm just going to keep doing all the great things that I love to do. But uh, there you go. Thank you so much, Cody. This was amazing. I really appreciate you sharing all of this with us. Where can people find out more about you or get in touch? They can go over to uh, either wholesalinginc.com or I do have my personal website, which is just codyhoffine.com. They're able to reach out to me if they need to in any given way. But that way they can just see, man, I am an imperfect person that just loves to grow and continues to just push all the limits. Absolutely. And we'll be adding social media links to the show notes. So if you awesome. want to go follow Cody, definitely check that out and check out Wholesaling Inc. podcast if, uh, if that inspires you. So thanks so much and uh, look forward to hanging out next time we can. Thank you. What an honor. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level. 